Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2017, and this is The Ride. Hey, we're going to get right into it today. I'm kind of bumming right now because I did my whole podcast and didn't have it set to record, so we're going to redo it. I'm going to believe the second time I do this will be even better because I've already got my brain wrapped around what we're going to discuss. Here's the thing. I don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time, but we're going to get right to the heart of it today. This is the weekend where we celebrate the birth of Christ. It's a great time of year. I love it. I would say a lot of my childhood has super fond memories of the Christmas time, going to church and hearing the stories and taking part in all the tradition things, the food and the candlelight and all that stuff. And I want to remind us that Christ, as a baby, if we just picture him as a baby in that manger, he at that point, he's not doing a lot, okay? I mean, he's a baby. But let's not forget that Christ pre-existed the mortal Jesus Christ. He was there at the beginning with his Father God. So what did Christ do for us? Well, he laid down his kingship, his position to come to earth to be a messenger, to be an ambassador between God and man, to be the communicator, the teacher, the minister to us. And as I think about that, I realize that that correlates a bit with how we as parents approach our relationship with our kids. I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, I need you to stop this podcast and listen to yesterday's. And then come back to this one, okay? I Yesterday I talked about the issues about raising teenagers and how sometimes it can be very stressful at times. And uh, I give some thoughts I had about that. And I want to follow it up with today's with an important key when dealing with your teens. Do you know you as a parent, you are not 100% right all the time. And our teens need to know this. I said some things during an argument the other day that emotionally, well, they were emotionally driven. And, and so did my teen. And it ratchets up really quickly and we can get into this mean area really fast. And we can say some things that we don't really mean. I, I mentioned it yesterday. If you were to take the transcript of some of you, our disagreements and arguments and, and look at them when you're not driven by the emotions, I think many times we would, we would be aghast at the kind of things that we say. Well, yesterday I had an opportunity. No, I, may, I made an opportunity 
to talk to my son. I didn't need an opportunity. I made one because it's important. I wanted to let him know that I was wrong. Now, I could try to justify myself and say, well, you know, I was 80% right. But there was an element of what I was saying that was wrong. And in some cases, I was 100% wrong. Like Christ did for us, his goal was to set us free. I want to raise my kids so that they're free, so that they're not bound up. To set my kids free, I have to... I don't domineer them and tell them how they ought to be. This is how you should do it. Blah, blah, blah. I have to explain to them, these are the pitfalls that you might have if you do things this way. In fact, I can almost guarantee these are the pitfalls you will have when you do things this way because (laughs) that's what I did. And I want to save you from that. Christ didn't domineer to try to save people like a military leader might, which is what they thought the Messiah was going to be, some kind of a a domineering military person that would save the Jews from the Romans. No, Jesus' deal was to save them from themselves because we have bondages that are inside of us because we don't see God properly. And here's where it's really important. I want my kids to see God properly. Just like Jesus was the picture of God in the flesh, in a way, we as parents are a picture of God in the flesh to our kids. Let us not be so self-deceived that we think we have it all together and that we can't let our kids know that we're human. Jesus let us know he was human so that he could ultimately, at the culmination of his life, be glorified and be recognized for who he really was. Well, parents, we're to be ambassadors to our kids. And if justice needs to be what our kids are about, then that's what we need to be about. And we need to acknowledge it if we've missed it. So the other day I made an opportunity to tell my son that I had missed it. I first asked him, you know, how he was doing. And this is a day or two after an argument. And, you know, he told me that he thought that I was wrong about certain things. And even then I could sense that, you know, I went into the conversation with all the best intentions. And even then I felt like a twinge of pride rise up and say, yeah, you just truly don't understand why I was trying to be good to you. And yet he didn't understand. And I squashed that little bit of pride and thought to myself, what, what's the point? We're going to get into this thing again. This is ridiculous. And so I said, you know what? I was wrong. And I was wrong to say those things to you. And you were right to feel as bad as you did. And it wasn't right for me to put you into a corner like that. Where you felt like you had to defend yourself in such a vicious way. All the things I talked about yesterday. 
And it was obvious that it was good for him to hear that. Our kids are smarter than sometimes we give them credit for. They might not know the things we know, but you know what? A lot of times, I think a generational, uh, the generational thing tends to be that they do know a whole lot more different things than we know. I mean, I work in computer science and IT and that kind of world, and I'll still go to him for certain things with the newer technology. Why? Because he knows it more than me. He didn't get college education about it. It's because it's too cutting edge for there to even be a college course on it. They do know more things. They don't maybe have the context to put those bits of wisdom to use as good as someone who's lived their life and who's paid mortgages and, you know, gone through a lot of more life experiences than they have. But there are things that they know that we don't know. And there are things that we know that they don't know. And the irony is, they don't know that. They don't know, how could they know those things that they don't know? So from their perspective, I think they just recognize those things that we seem to be totally ignorant of that are really current and applicable for today, and we seem to be out of wisdom. Well, anyway, I digress. The issue here is being transparent enough with your kids so that they know that you're willing to admit when you're not right at times. I think that does a whole lot for the relationship so that you can continue to maintain your authority and keep control in the house as best you can. I know that this acknowledgement that we're not perfect or that we don't have everything together, I know we make, we, we understand that in our own mind, but sometimes it's very hard to let other people know that. I want you to know that justice prevails in situations where wrong things are acknowledged. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that's how the judicial system works. And just like how Jesus lowered himself to be a man, but ultimately was raised and glorified and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he's seated, that means he completed his work. Being seated by the Father is an indication that the work had been completed. And as parents, we have a job to do. We have work to complete. It's true that we will hopefully have some form of honor and respect all of our days with our kids. But truly, while they're in our house and while they are our responsibility, that time that time comes to an end. At that at that time, I'd like to be able to sit and feel like I have finished what I needed to do. Part of that is raising them to be able to be parents that are willing to acknowledge when they're wrong, to 
to your grandkids. We want to raise our kids to be good parents. We raise up leaders so that they can be leaders. Jesus raises up his church so that we can reach out and build the church. As we finish up today, be thinking about yourself as a teenager and what could your parents or your parent if you were in a single parent home, what could they have done different or better or what would have made you honor them the more, respect them higher, do what they say even though you might not want to? What would what would it take? I think if we were honest, a transparent honesty on their part would have gone a long way. And so that's what I'm believing is a, is a major key. That conversation with my son ended with a hug. It was a hug that um, that might not have been if I was going to be prideful and not acknowledge that I was wrong. But as it is, it's a hug that I think I will never forget. I used to hug my, my little guy a whole lot. And I knew that there would be a day that that would begin to wane, the hugs. So when I get one, it, it really means a lot. I'm, I'm sure it's true for you. We don't want to be that hindrance to that love. So let's be honest, and I think that buys us points when we need to be pressing an authority issue. Establishing the line that shouldn't be crossed is important, but also living a life of grace and mercy is important as well. So I think it's appropriate for us to go to our Father right now and ask for help. Lord, you know you've heard this conversation we've been having. I trust, Lord, that you've been helping to guide our discussion and help show us things in your word that can help us raise our kids in the way they should go. Lord, I'm a work in progress. We're all a works in progress. And we need help. But you are our helper and and the lifter of our head. Help us so that we can help our kids grow up into the adults that you want them to be. Lord, we thank you for being there for us and giving us what we need to be there for our kids. We ask a blessing over our families during this Christmas season and into the new year. Lord, we ask a blessing so that we can be quick to love and slow to be angry, quick to forgive, and even quicker to be selfless. And we take pride by the root and we cast it out of our life. And we ask, Lord, that you fill any voids in our life with your spirit and that we operate in a spirit that is of peace and of love and of joy. And I pray a special blessing for those hearing this right now that their families will experience all of the fruit of the Spirit in a truly profound way that's undeniable that you are there with them. 
We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Okay, everybody, take a deep breath. All you parents, take a deep breath. And blow it out. Do that every time you need to. And just envision the Spirit of God breathing into your lungs, filling you up so that you can share the love of God to those around you, including your kids. All right, and you stay in that word and you find those nuggets that are going to help you do this thing. You live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And I don't know, but I've got a good feeling about this next year. I do. I've got a good feeling. I think it's because God has conquered every foe and he has put that power right inside of you. Let's wield it appropriately. Let's love one another and let's make a difference in the days ahead, all right? And I will see you on the flip.